what were you doing this week 15 years ago? 15 years ago. I know that you were 57 years old. 56 years old? 57. 57. I should have stuck with my my gut. <laughs> I was 57. I, I I remember mailing a bunch of letters. I had a list of Catholics living in the area. Yeah. I had their US mail mail addresses and I mailed them the announcement saying that our first parish mass, Sunday mass, would take place on Sunday yeah. at Perrysburg High School. I remember mailing those out. I did it myself. I sat down late uh, into the night. Uh, I don't know, it was 100, 150. I don't know how many anymore. These, this was before the days of mass social media marketing? I think that was being done, but that was not what I was doing. Well, back then, I mean, in 2005, Facebook was about a year old at that point. And at the beginning was only for college students. You had to have a That's college. That's right. I, I, I watched the movie. I knew that story. E- email address. Are, are we going to tell people who we are? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. That is? I'm Michael. And I am? Father Herb. Good. And we're talking about 15 years ago because... because <laughs> are we just going to talk at the same time today? Yes. Go ahead. It's okay. The floor is yours. The first Mass the first Sunday Mass of St. John the 23rd, then known as Blessed John the 23rd. That was before he was canonized. Yep. That took place on Sunday, August 21st at Perrysburg High School, what they call the Commons, which is the cafeteria. It was it was a wonderful celebration. It was. It's, it's etched into my brain. I remember we were talking about this a little bit at our our pastoral team meeting yesterday i i remember the high school days very vividly it was it was a good time in this parish it was three years and three months it was i will say after time got to be a bit exhausting just having to set up and tear down and set up well, and i, I used the phrase i said i felt so much like a missionary we would haul everything in every sunday we had about four or five crews bringing different things in sure we had the uh, the, the coffee makers, so they literally brought in the big coffee urns. Yeah. We had people who brought in the bulletins, the printed bulletin. We had song sheets. We had those who uh, would put up the 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 cross behind the altar. Yes. And we always had draperies, so we'd cover the, the spirit signs. From Perrysburg, Mall Mommy or whatever. Yeah, actually, literally, that was one of them. Whatever the game of the week was. Yeah. But uh, it was, and then I'd bring in all the accoutrements of mass, the altar cloths, the chalices, everything. And then uh, after the first mass, uh, I know that um, Fred, Fred Connor brought in with his boys, brought in a lot of the sound equipment. They brought it every week for three years. We brought, I, I remember I would drive from Bowling Green up to your garage every Sunday morning and pull a piano keyboard out of it, throw it in the back of my two door car. <laughs> yeah. And uh, drive it over to the high school and get that set up. Eventually, as we grew, we even had choir risers constructed. Do you remember that? Yeah, we, we had we had risers. We kept some things at at the high school. They allowed us to keep a couple of the risers, the platform yeah, in their very kind of them in their utility room. Uh, it was whatever you call that that store room right under the steps. Yeah. And uh, even still to this day, some of those, if you're ever down in Roncalli Hall, not the main platform, but if you see any standalone risers with gray carpeting on them, those are from the high school days. That's what we had over at the high school. A piece of our history. Yes. And we are, we were history then too. You and I had never had mass together before that. 
that first mass. You know, I never thought about that. That was our first time together. Yeah. I was 20. And you thought, oh, my, what did I do? Oh, yeah. No, I knew what I had done. <laughs> um, you know, I just think about over these 15 years, what what would you say? This is a loaded question, and we didn't talk about this before, but what's like your just a couple of highlights of the last 15 years for you? I think uh, a big highlight for me was the the first mass in Ron Cowley Hall. Yeah. That meant a whole lot to me. Actually, that was, you know, we had a place of our own. Other highlights, uh, gee, there were so many. I loved the celebration of sacraments with different people, whether it was First Communion mm-hmm. in the auditorium back at the high school. Uh, I, I really loved, um, I think I loved a lot of the, the small groups. The first time we had the Tuesday morning Bible study Sure. It was down at that little restaurant, Maggie's, which, which is, is now tequila, tequila. But we they opened at about 1030 in the morning. So we met there at 1030 and had coffee in around a table, about four or five of us. That was the beginning of our Tuesday morning Bible study. Isn't that cool? I think about the parish picnics, like the kind of at the very beginning when they were oh, at yeah. the Everly's house. Yeah, that was beautiful. Just great social time to be together as a church. So yeah. anyway, for those of you listening, whether you've been here for 15 years or 15 days, you're still part of this family. And uh, there's been thousands of people that have been a part of the legacy of John the 23rd Parish. And I'll do a shout out to John and Marie who discovered from Albuquerque, they discovered the podcast. Oh, they did. They are getting quite the shout out. They, this they are part of our parish they, now. <laughs> <laughs> I well, haven't sent them envelopes yet. <laughs> That's how you know. Yes. Okay, let's jump to the gospel today. This is a pivotal passage. A pivotal passage with a prestigious pivotal passage. And Michael Puppis. <laughs> right. Uh, I think I will read it today. All right. That's good, because I don't have it in front of me yet. It's I'm chap- it chapter 16 of Matthew's Gospel. We're, we're really moving into the Gospel pretty thoroughly. Um, Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And so I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. There's so much in that. There is. Let's just stop there. No. Thanks, no. everybody. We'll talk to you. We're next going week. to dissect oh. it. <laughs> he went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, which was not too far from where Jesus lived. Uh, he lived in Capernaum. Do not confuse Caesarea Philippi with Caesarea. Caesarea was on the sea, uh, Mediterranean Sea. It's mm-hmm. on the coast. 
Caesarea Philippi was in the area of the Tetrarchy of Philip. That's why it's called Caesarea Philippi. Okay. Okay, and uh, Philip was one of the sons of Herod the Great. Oh, you are just a fountain of knowledge. Oh, I love doing homework. Uh, That one I think I knew, but I I reread that last night. Okay. Okay, the phrase they use, uh, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And then later on, Peter says the Son of the Living God. They use the word the Messiah. They use the word the Christ. These are wonderful titles. Messiah and Christ mean the same. Messiah comes from the Hebrew. Christ comes from the Greek. Okay. They both mean the anointed one. The anointed one was that special person who was coming. The, in this case, the son of man, and it's done in capital letters, does not mean the human part of Jesus. I think a lot of people hear, oh, you're the son of man. No, oh. a son of man was kind of like, almost like the ultimate hero that would come. It was a, an, a concept developed in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like, eventually, the one who will save us will be the son of man. That was the phrase that was used. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like um, it should be like the name of an 80s superhero. Well, actually, it was sort of a, a Superman type, type image, but it was religious, but it was also, um, it was religious it was political, it was military, it, it was like everything pulled into one. Sure. The Son of Man. The Son the, of Man is coming. I picture yeah. like a lightning bolt, Yeah, heavy right. rock music. Thor, Thor. We could get this whole show off the road in two days. I got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so here it starts off, and Jesus changes his questions. The first question is, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they answer, oh, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or one of the other prophets. Then he changes the question and he says, but who do you say that I am? So his first part isn't who do you people say I am? Yeah. It's who do people say the son of man is? Mm-hmm. So it's really, he's putting it together, but he's starting by eliciting from them their known knowledge of the old Testament. And he's starting to pull it together. And so it's a little teaching. Now, Simon, of course, Simon, we know him as Peter, and he was called Simon Peter. Simon speaks up. And gets it right for once. Yeah, he puts his foot in his mouth very often, and guess what? Tune in again next week where he gets in trouble. But today's he, his day. so he, let's... Yeah, he, he aces this one, and then the very next round, you know, you know, I was watching uh, America's Got Talent the other night. I oh, really? Have, I was really desperate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know... If, if these are from past years or what, but anyway, this so sometimes great. they hit the the buzzer and it's a really awful sound. Like the person doesn't even get to finish what they're doing. Yeah, that's Peter sometimes. That's how he is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the time when they hit the golden buzzer. I was going to say today he got the golden. And that's by the way, I didn't know what the golden buzzer was till just the other day. But oh really? If you hit that, all this golden confetti. As, falls down. Yeah, there's a hidden one in the church. I'm waiting for you to find it. You still, we, we still haven't received the golden, <laughs> the golden buzzer. No. Okay, so so Peter gets it right. You are the Christ, Son of the Living God, and and then uh, Jesus says, "Flesh and blood." That's a, f- a good Hebrew phrase. So they they know that that's very humanly. Mm-hmm. Blood, flesh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. Okay, if we stopped right there, we already have the question and answer and Peter is feeling so good about himself 
hey, folks, look, I got it right. <laughs> I can see him, like, elbowing the other guys, like, come on, guys, hey, pat it, me on the it, back. Yeah, 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 okay, high fives everywhere. Right. But it doesn't stop there because then Jesus brings, and this is probably the more core part of this gospel. I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, Jesus didn't really name him Peter at that point, but it's a play on words in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter in Greek basically is the rock. And not Dwayne Johnson. Not Dwayne Johnson. But you are the, it's basically Jesus is saying, you are the rock, and it's on this rock that I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And last week we talked about sitting in the cave, or the, the falls down at Mohican singing the rock of faith. I do remember that. Okay. So we can't use that same line again, but it is basically that image of rock, rock salad. Yeah. Um, like a rock. That's a song, right? Uh, well, wasn't it a part of the Ford commercials back in the nineties? Yeah, that, that was, yeah. And then there's what, uh, insurance company has the rock of Gibraltar image. Prudential. You might be right. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, so the the rock is always stability, and you don't build your house on sand; you build it on rock. Right. Now, just out of curiosity, is this passage in sixteen, after that parable that he tells about building the house on rock? That's in a different gospel. Oh, it's in a different gospel, totally. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. So uh, you are rock, and on this rock I'll build my church. Okay, you could stop right there. That's like part two. But there's a third part. Yes. And the third part is, uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I, I looked back. I think it's in chapter 18, only like two chapters later. Mm-hmm. Jesus uses those same words again to all the disciples. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose shall be loosed in heaven. Mm-hmm. I think it's 1818. We... So what does Jesus mean by that? Well, he's basically saying, I'm giving you authority. And it's not necessarily, I mean, we often talk about the passage from John's gospel after the resurrection when Jesus shows up. It's the same part that's in the the Doubting Thomas, shows up in the upper room and they have the door locked. Mm -hmm. And I give you uh, authority. If you forgive sins, they're forgiven. And if you hold them bound, they are held bound. Mm -hmm. We kind of associate those together. So the, it does have, it's, it is an image of authority, but it's, it's not specific. Okay. It, it's like if you, if you bind something, you basically are setting down the, the principles, mm-hmm. the, the guidelines, the rules. Like I, like I said, I bind you to work here, but you have to show up for work. I do, and I do. You do. I did today. Look, here I am. Yeah. we're doing this remotely. I don't know where he is. He's he's out in the <laughs> No, we are out, looking out on the at patio each other somewhere. Today. Actually, Audrey said to me this morning, she says, "Dad, I missed when I could be on your podcasts." I said, "What are you talking about?" She said, "When you would do the videos and I'd sneak in the background." <laughs> oh, she was on all the time. She would just show up and we had no idea she was there. So, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And but the other image of authority is probably even more so. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. The keys. Uh, and, and that's, that's why the, Peter's usually, you know, if there's the old statues, almost always has keys in his hand. Oh, really? You never noticed that? Oh, no, I've noticed. I just didn't know there were many times that it happened. Yeah, it was done quite often. We've used that even as a, a 
you know, that's a, a modern day phrase, you know, oh, we'll just give you the keys to the kingdom or that person acts like they've got the keys to the kingdom or whatever it may be. You got the key card. The key. <laughs> yeah, keys are a little bit different these days. You've got the fob to the kingdom. <laughs> I've got keyless entry. <laughs> yeah, right. It recognizes my thumbprint. There is a lot of beautiful stuff in this passage. I think that that's what's so great I love about doing our podcast is that because when you hear this at mass, it would be very easy to just to take this in and not look at all the little nuances. There are so many different points. It's, it becomes hard to preach an eight-minute homily because you can't preach on every part. You have to choose one section. Sure. I could be talking about authority. And the Catholic Church has used this passage as always the justification for the papacy, mm-hmm. especially since Peter was the one involved and Peter was the leader of the apostles and he was given authority, he had the keys. So in the Catholic Church, I remember asking somebody from another denomination, and I'm not sure what what it was. I said, how do you read that passage? It was a, a very friendly conversation. Yeah. And this person said, our tradition is we read this as authority to the church. So not just to Peter, but we still see it as a significant passage that Jesus is turning over authority to the church sure. to guide people. That's so good. I think it's used differently, but it for almost every Christian, this is a significant passage. That's good to know, because you obviously can't just kind of skip over the fact that Jesus said it. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. It's a very important passage. And I think Matthew's Gospel does it with the most clarity. So... Uh, you didn't catch what I just said. I can't cover all this in an eight-minute homily. I thought you were going to jump at the fact that— Oh, I, I restrained myself. <laughs> I, I don't know what my homily was this past week. But Twelve, the, 12 minutes. This week? Yeah, 12. The previous week I went and looked, and it was 13 minutes. Yeah. But my good friend Marie in Albuquerque said she could listen all, for an hour. <laughs> She's not the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh. Ooh, that hurt. Did that burn that a little hurt. bit? Yeah. Uh, no, I, the only reason I know, because I edit down your homilies, so I always know how long they are. You don't edit down. It's well, not, I, I They're going to think that you take parts out. Well, if I could, I would. <laughs> <laughs> just like you could do to the music. But I, you don't know how, so I'll just keep, keep enjoying the little bit of power. See, there's, there's our segue. Knowledge is power, and you've got knowledge over the technology that I don't have. I was going to say computer is power. <laughs> yeah, computer is power. So do you think that, what the other apostles, how do you think they were reacting in this moment? They're like, well, why is he picking him? Do you think there was a little bit of jealousy? No, I don't. Well, yeah, there was always some rivalry. We see that a few other places. Yeah. But I don't think jealousy. I think it was rivalry for status, which happens among a a gang of guys. Sure. Uh, But uh, I think they did recognize, they really truly did recognize Peter. Yeah. He was the leader. He was among the first that was chosen, and he keeps coming up over and over and over again. This could be a stretch, but kind of tying back to our our conversation at the beginning of today's podcast, obviously, I don't want to break it to you, but you're not the Pope. But did you feel a little bit like God has chosen, God chose you when we started Blessed John the 23rd Parish? Here you were in mission territory now. I felt called. I definitely felt called. But I'll tell you, I did not see myself in any status position at all because I had no no understanding of the, the scope or significance of the parish. I, I just felt that 
oh, this is going to be a nice little country parish. It's going to be easy. <laughs> um, a few people will come. We'll have a good community, and that will be joy. Yeah. And now look at it. A few people come. And <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of geese right now, too. Yes. Uh, I like to think that that they are getting ready to flock. You know, they, they come together this time of the year to, to um, check their coordinates so that when they fly south. But the, nowadays, geese don't fly south. Where do they fly? Well, they used to have to migrate south to find open water. Yeah. So as long as the water is open, not frozen, they don't go. But if it get, if it freezes, if the water in the pond freezes, they will fly south till they find open water. Well, you really are. I mean, you know scripture, you know geese migration patterns. What don't you know, Father Weber? What that, don't that, you I think know? you just named the whole list. That, <laughs> <laughs> you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I, you know, in some ways, it, it reminds me. I'm. Is it Saint Paul that said, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Yes. Um, it's one of those things that not only does God give us His Son. You know, the very gift of himself on earth. He gives us the sacraments. He gives us the Eucharist. And he gives us one another, you know, in community to be able to build up the church on earth. And the church is the community. We have to keep remembering it, it uh, that it's, you know, what I've become aware of with our sparse attendance is that we still are community for those who come but there's a growing sense of community among those who are unable to come to church or just don't feel ready to come. The community still exists. And yeah. I, maybe not be the same, but it's still there. We are church. So let's be church this weekend, celebrating 15 years of Sunday celebrations at St. John the 23rd. Don't forget, we are changing the mass schedule this weekend. It'll be five o'clock Saturday, nine and 11 on Sunday. And all three masses will be live online. Sergut. I don't know what that means. With a 12-minute homily. <laughs> don't worry, guys. I'll edit it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs>